Hello this is Diksha from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today's Tuesday, the 5th of October. India recorded over 18000 cases of COVID-19 and 263 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stood at over 3 crore 38 lakh while the death toll crossed 4 lakh 49000. Union Health Minister Mansukh Mandavia said yesterday that India has given the first dose of the COVID vaccine to 70% of its adult population. He said and I quote, under Prime Minister Narendra Modi ji, India is achieving new landmarks in the fight against the pandemic, unquote. The Supreme Court yesterday dismissed a petition that sought a CBI inquiry into the oxygen shortages in the second wave of the pandemic, pulling up the petitioner for filing the plea. Justice D.Y. Chandrachur said and I quote It is very easy to criticize the court or government without being on the hot seat. The court is dealing with a crisis. We must be wary of demoralizing authorities who are handling the crisis. Unquote. In another matter pertaining to the pandemic, a Supreme Court bench said yesterday that the state governments should not deny ex gratia compensation to the families of those who died of COVID solely because the death certificate does not mention the cause of death as COVID. The bench said that if the family members satisfy the authority about the cause of death as being the coronavirus a compensation of 50000 rupees should not be denied because covid is not mentioned as the cause in the death certificate Globally covid-19 has infected over 235.3 million people so far claiming the lives of over 4.80 million In developments related to the Lakhimpur Khiri violence that took place on Sunday, a video clip of the incident is being widely circulated on social media in addition to being tweeted by Congress leader Priyanka Gandhi and BJP MP Varun Gandhi. The 29 second video clip showed three vehicles speeding into a crowd of farmers walking on a road. A farmer was thrown onto the bonnet of one of the cars which did not slow down. Another vehicle with sirens is seen tailing the SUV that rammed into the crowd. The video has not been verified by the police yet. Protesting farmers had alleged that a convoy of 3 vehicles including one driven by Ashish Mishra, the son of Union Minister of State for Home Affairs Ajay Kumar Mishra, rammed into a crowd of farmers who were protesting in the area. The incident took place at around 4 p.m. on Sunday. Mishra and his son, however, denied being present at the location. The incident took place when a group of protesting farmers in the Tikonia area of Lakhimpur Kheri were trying to block the road to stop Ajay Mishra and Deputy Chief Minister Keshav Prasad Maurya from visiting Kheri for an event. The protesters were upset about a recent speech made by Mr Mishra in which he had allegedly told the farmers to face him and that he would discipline them. Eight people including four farmers, a local journalist and two BJP workers were killed in the incident on Sunday. Yesterday, the UP police filed an FIR against Ashish Mishra and several others in connection with the violence. On Sunday, farmers sat on the protest site with the bodies of the deceased protesters demanding that Ashish Mishra be arrested. Opposition leaders Priyanka Gandhi, Dipender Singh Hooda and Akhilesh Yadav were detained and stopped from reaching the site of the violence. Farmer leader Rakesh Tikhet negotiated with the local administration yesterday following which the UP government announced that a retired high court judge will probe the violence and that families of four farmers who died in the incident would be given a compensation of rupees 45 lakh the government announced rupees 10 lakh to those who were injured in the violence in another update 
An FIR was filed in Uttar Pradesh today against 11 people, including Congress leaders Priyanka Gandhi Vadra, Dipinder Singh Hooda, and the party state unit chief Ajay Kumar Lallu, citing that they disturbed the peace. Priyanka Gandhi Vadra had said earlier today that she had been detained in UP for more than 28 hours without an FIR being registered against her. On October 3rd, as images of violence and injured protesters came out of Lakhimpur Kheri, where eight people lost their lives, several TV news channels prioritized the news of what they called a high-profile drug bust by the Narcotics Control Bureau in Mumbai, in which eight people were arrested, including actor Shahrukh Khan's son Aryan Khan. My report on newslaundry.com, which analyzed the TV news coverage on Sunday, showed that while anchors jumped to declare Aryan Khan guilty, they tiptoed around the daylight murderous violence at Lakhimpur Kheri. Needless to say, 13 grams of cocaine recovered in the drug bust and Aryan Khan overpowered the coverage of death and destruction in UP. Take for instance Arnab Goswami's Republic World which managed to completely black out the Lakhimpur Kheri incident with not a single report update or debate on it for the NCB drug case however it gave minute to minute updates from the ground even sending a reporter to stand outside Shahrukh Khan's Mumbai residence Mannat to know how other news channels prioritized one issue over the other read my report on newslaundry.com titled Aryan Khan versus Lakhimpur Kheri Guess what made the news? While the channels did what they deemed fit, here at News Laundry, our team of reporters Nidhi and Shivangi reached the ground in Lakhimpur to piece together what happened on October 3rd. Do read their latest ground report on our website where they detail eyewitness accounts from the incident. Their report is titled Lakhimpur Kheri Violence. Eyewitnesses recall what they saw on October 3rd. Now listeners the choice is yours about the kind of news you want to consume and spend your time on facts from the ground or high decibel sensationalism and if you make your choice head over to newslaundry.com to support our independent ad free and subscriber funded journalism hit that red subscribe button on the website and pay to keep news free Speaking at the United Nations General Assembly's first committee, India said yesterday that Pakistan cannot be expected to constructively contribute towards international peace and security as the country is and I quote, the biggest destabilizing force in the world. Unquote. The UNGA first committee looks into matters related to disarmament and international security. The counselor in India's permanent mission to the UN, A. Amarnath, said that Pakistan has a record of illegally exporting nuclear material and technology. He added, and I quote, "They, as in Pakistan, have no regard for UN principles. While Pakistan's permanent representative speaks about peace and security here, his prime minister glorifies global terrorists like Osama bin Laden as martyrs. What more could be a better proof of the utter duplicity that this country is infamous for?" Unquote. Amarnath's response was provoked by Pakistan raising the issue of Jammu and Kashmir in the UN last month. A Pakistani delegate had said that the Union territory was not an integral part of India and that it remained an internationally recognized disputed territory. According to Pakistan-based daily The Dawn, the country's delegate Saima Saleem had also accused India of violating human rights and using state-sponsored terrorism in Jammu and Kashmir. Pointing out that the first committee was not a forum to discuss regional matters, India's A. Amarnath said that Pakistan's claims were futile and unsubstantiated. Fuel prices rose again today after a gap of a day. 
This is the sixth time in one week that the prices rose. According to Money Control, the price of petrol was hiked by 22 to 29 paise, while diesel rose by 28 to 32 paise. Prices of petrol in Mumbai hit rupees 108.67 per litre, the highest in all metropolitan cities, while a litre of diesel now costs rupees 98.80. In Delhi, today's rise resulted in a litre of petrol costing rupees 102.64, while diesel was sold at rupees 91.07 a litre. In Chennai, petrol stood at rupees 100.2 a litre, while in Kolkata it was sold at 103.36 rupees a litre. According to Reuters, yesterday, crude oil prices reached their highest level in three years after the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, Russia and Allied Countries, announced that they would stick to an existing agreement to slowly increase oil output. Yesterday, the Madras High Court said that continuous efforts need to be made to tackle prejudices faced by the LGBTQIA community, simultaneously appreciating the efforts of the Tamil Nadu government to prevent harassment of members of the community. The court observed this while hearing a plea filed by a lesbian couple seeking protection from harassment from the police and their families. Justice N. Anand Venkatesh of the High Court said, and I quote, We are dealing with a situation where the deeply embedded prejudice has to be effaced and therefore it requires continuous effort on the part of all the stakeholders, unquote. In the previous hearings in the case, the High Court had suggested a set of measures, including changes to the laws and the syllabi of educational institutions, to do away with prejudices against the LGBTQIA community. Justice Venkatesh had also undergone an educational session with a psychologist to better understand same-sex relationships. In Monday's hearing, the Tamil Nadu government told the court that it had issued directions to conduct sessions to sensitize and train police officials on matters pertaining to the community. The central government, meanwhile, told the High Court that it had allocated money to set up shelter homes for the members of the LGBTQIA community. The Madras High Court had earlier taken exception to the nature of media reporting on same-sex couples. Today, the additional Advocate General, representing the state government, said that a newspaper will conduct a seminar to develop a queer-friendly future. Speaking of Tamil Nadu, I'd like to recommend you to read my colleague Lasya Shekhar's latest media report on Newslaundry.com. On September 23, a college girl was stabbed to death at Chennai's Tambaram railway station. During the initial investigation, the police had said that the assailant G. Ramachandran had become acquainted with the victim M. Swetha while communicating on a suburban train three years ago. Ramachandran and Swetha continued to be in touch over the phone, the police said. Even before the police completed their investigation in the case, some Tamil news channels decided to analyse the ins and outs of the crime. The platform Polymer News used heart graphics, scare music and reenactments to explain what it described as a romantic relationship between the victim and the assailant. The four-minute clip with over 4.4 lakh views also ended with a moral that said, and I quote, This disaster is an example of what happens to girls if they don't choose their partners carefully, unquote. This, however, is just the tip of the iceberg. Despite campaigns by activists against sensationalizing cases of violence against women, Tamil news channels and newspapers tend to go in that direction, often at the cost of basic principles of reporting. 
To read Lasya's full report, head over to newslaundry.com. It is titled, Naming and Shaming Victims for Ratings. What ails the Tamil media in reporting on rape and crime? More names have come out in the Pandora Papers investigation conducted by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, which recently revealed details of offshore wealth of business tycoons, public figures and heads of states around the world. The consortium shared access to the leaked documents with media partners including The Guardian and The Washington Post. In India, the Indian Express conducted the portion of investigations pertaining to Indian names that figured in the leaks. It has reported since Sunday about the names that have figured in the Pandora Papers. They include Steel Baron Ellen Mittal's younger brother Pramod Mittal, cricketer Sachin Tendulkar, and business persons Anil Ambani and Kiran Mazumdar Shaw. The Union Ministry of Finance said in a statement yesterday that a multi-agency group headed by the Chief of the Central Board of Direct Taxes and representatives from the Enforcement Directorate, Reserve Bank of India and the Financial Intelligence Unit will monitor the news reports about the leaks and follow up relevant leads. Yesterday, Chairperson of the Indian Pharma Biocon, Kiran Mazumdar Shaw, contested the reports in the Indian Express that an individual banned by the Securities and Exchange Board of India for being involved in insider trading is the protector of an offshore trust set up by her husband, John Shaw's company. She said, and I quote, I would like to say that these stories have grossly misinterpreted the facts, unquote. Today, the Indian Express reported that India's former military chief of intelligence, retired Lieutenant General Rakesh Lumba and his son Rahul Lumba, and owners of liquor manufacturing company Radiko Khetan have their footprints in the Pandora Papers. On the global side of the investigation, The Guardian reported today that the Pandora Papers have revealed that heads of government, oligarchs, business tycoons, ruling families and a Middle Eastern monarch comprise the anonymous set of owners of at least 4 billion euros worth of property in the United Kingdom. It identified about 600 people who used secret offshore firms to keep their British property acquisitions confidential. As found in the papers, family members of Kenya's president Uhuru Kenyatta used a company in the British Virgin Islands to acquire a flat in Westminster. Alexei Chepa, a Russian politician, used a company also in the British Virgin Islands to buy a 10-bedroom property in Holland Park, London in 2011. Scientists Sukuro Manabe, Klaus Hasselmann and Giorgio Parisi today won the 2021 Nobel Prize in Physics for their groundbreaking contributions into the understanding of complex physical systems. According to the award-giving committee, half of the prize was jointly won by Manabe and Hasselmann for reliably predicting global warming. The other half of the prize went to Parisi for the discovery of the interplay of disorder and fluctuations in physical systems from atomic to planetary scales. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.